just thought of kings Better than diamond rings That's why we're here to sing Football Sunday in the snow With a breeze whistle blows Weekend warriors toe to toe Football Football Yes, yes, people. Welcome along to another edition of North London 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inia Benigo. I bet you didn't miss that, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Inia. I have. Since we've done a podcast. has. I've been wandering the streets of London aimlessly. It's been five weeks since we've done a podcast. Mm -hmm. But, as Rakim said, it still has been a long time in podcast world. Yes. And this quick age of information that we live in. Absolutely. What have we been doing? Well, we've been having a bit of a break, a bit of a hiatus. Mm-hmm. I've been checking the electricity in my house. I don't want any power outages at my crib. Recovering from what was an amazing 2012-2013 season, for sure. But we are back. Mm-hmm. Well, we're back this week. Yeah. And we're going to talk about free agency. Yes. Because it's been an amazing week. Has been absolutely Bananas. And we're going to be doing some podcasts leading up into the season about various bits and bobs. We're not going to go weekly mm-hmm. because you guys should be doing some other stuff weekly. Yep. Go go see the world. Go travel, young people. Watch March Madness. Yes. Watch the MLS. Yes, please do. I will occasionally tweet about it when I watch it. Plenty of stuff to do, but an important opportunity to talk about Free Agent this week. And we have a really great guest on this week. You don't have to listen to us to, to give the expert line, mm-hmm. but we have an expert. We have Mark Sessler from NFL.com, the Around the League section, who's been churning out hundreds and hundreds of articles over the last couple of days about free agency. He's the man in the know. Yes. Has all the agents, all the GMs on his speed dial. Yeah, and Twitter. Don't let's not forget how important Twitter's been this year. Absolutely. Mark will be on the show a little bit later on, giving you all you need to know about free agents, what's gone on so far, what's still going to happen, some housekeeping. We are North London 40, at NLDN40 on the Twitter, northlondon40 at gmail.com on the email, emails, tweets, we love all those, mixcloud.com forward slash NLDN40, iTunes, NLDN40. NorthLondon40.tumblr.com Remember, even though the season is not on at the moment, tweet us, at us, all that type of stuff. We'll try and entertain you. You try and entertain us. Mm -hmm. James, I don't know about you, but it's been really difficult the past five weeks. We had the NFL, we had the postseason. It was like like a drug just coursing through your veins. Week in, week out, you had your fix there on the Sunday or the Monday or the Thursday. You had Twitter, you had ESPN, you had NFL.com. You had this whole massive convergence that was a massive piece of your life. And then, gone. All that's left is first take. Yeah, all that's left is first take, or in my case, football life that I, I had missed during the season. So what do you do? Free agency hits. And you kind of, you're still punch drunk. You're still a little lost. You don't know what's going on. I think what we need to do is have someone in the know give us the information we need. Right, so guest time. Mm-hmm. We want to give a free agency roundup, what's been happening on the few days of free agency so far. We can't do it. We're not really qualified to do it, right? No, not, not really. So we wanted to go to the sanctum, mm-hmm. to the mothership to NFL.com to find someone that really knows what's been going on. 
someone that hasn't been sleeping for the last four days, someone that's been churning out a ridiculous amount of stories around free agent happenings that have been happening so far. Yep. So on the line we have from NFL.com's Around the League, Mark Sessler. Mark, how's it going? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? We're great. We're loving free agency so far. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you ever so much for coming on North London 40. We really appreciate it. We know you haven't slept for five days. <laughs> I, I, it's, I'm happy to be here. You know, I actually uh, wanted to mention to you that when I was really young, I lived in Surrey for uh, three or four years. Whereabouts in Surrey, Mark? Well, I was, I was three years old, so I don't have a complete geographical peg on it, but I remember it was in a section of town called uh, Fox Close, I believe. Okay. All right. I hail from Surrey myself. I really? Will, yes, Perfect. I do. Mm-hmm. I, my family, born and bred there. We're all, we're all Surrey people. Yeah. Uh, we used to go watch the Surrey Thunderbolts back in the day. So, yeah, we come from Surrey. Fox Close. I'll Google that. I'll let you know. I'm sure it's... Um, that could have even been the name of the street. I mean, I, I literally, I barely, you know, I knew uh, two or three rooms, and that was the extent of my world. So I'll have to do a little more research. Oh, look at it. You might have grown up close to Ali G. Yeah. We'll find, we'll find out for you. <laughs> So it's apt. You're coming on North London 40. We, we really, really appreciate that. Mark, let's just dive straight into this. Lots of people have seen this stuff kicking around, but let's give people maybe a top line to what this is all about. Quick intro to free agency for the uninitiated. What is all this crazy stuff the last couple of days been about? What's the kind of free agency? Give it to us in a nutshell. Free agency in terms of the history of the NFL is relatively new. It was started in the early 90s, and it was the players themselves fought through the the players union to have the choice and the chance to move from team to team because that obviously what that does is it allows players to generate new contracts and make a lot more money and have some say over their career where that was relatively unheard of in a lot of sports back then at this point it's a big part of the NFL and what there's two basic chunks to free agency one is for restricted free agents and that's for any player that whose contract runs out when they have only three years of experience or less in the league. So someone like Victor Cruz, who didn't get drafted and have that big four-year contract or five-year deal out of the gate, he's a restricted free agent. And so he's only been in the league for three years. But most players, their rookie contracts run out around year four, year five, and that makes them unrestricted free agents, where they basically can shop themselves through their agents to any team in the league and a lot of them end up coming back to the teams they originally were with. But certain players, if they kind of get hot at the right time, can go out on the market and command a lot more money than they would otherwise. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is certain players making a hill of cash when they, they wouldn't be making that kind of deal with their current clubs. Perfectly put. So for you soccer fans out there that still want to grasp it, it's like the Bosman rule mixed with the transfer window in one thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's it's something that you know from what I've talked to with a bunch of soccer fans, it just doesn't exist in that sport the same way. And it's it's the NFL loves it because it turns the off season into a circus that keeps fans plugged in. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, and I think the NFL Network have been doing an incredible job despite the f bombs and the presence of Scott Pioli breaking down the Chiefs. It's been fantastic <laughs> It's been fantastic TV over the last few days. We've been wandering around for the past month or so since the Super Bowl lost, and this, is, this has been like manna from heaven. It is, and I think it, it's, part of it is because, you know, for a lot of fans, 
if you root for a team that's down in the dumps, it's been months and something meaningful. In some instances, it's been years that something's Absolutely. happened to some of these teams. You know, I grew up as a Browns fan, and it's been decades since there's really something to latch on to. So, I, you know, this is the one thing you think, maybe we can turn the ship around. So let's dive into some of the details and we'll cover the Browns because they have been an adopted team of this podcast over last season. So we want to hear what they're up to. But maybe let's start at the top, Mark, in terms of what's been happening in free agency so far. As these things, they start at the top. The most valuable player going into free agency that was going to get the most amount of money, who was the last person we spoke about on this podcast, was Joe Flacco of the Baltimore Ravens. As we understand it, he got paid cha-ching noise. There was a chance that he could have become the type of player that the Ravens could have tendered an offer that would have said, listen, it would take another team, a first-round draft pick, and a hill of cash to pull you away. But they shut the door on that because before free agency started last Tuesday, you know, they had already signed him to this monster contract. But that's crippled the Ravens as a, to some degree financially. Joe Flacco has received a lot of money. Sorry, Super Bowl winner Joe Flacco. Super Bowl winning yeah. MVP Joe Flacco. Okay, there we go. Right, still got to get used to that bit. Yeah. yeah. Has received a lot of money. Now, in the salary cap situation, there's a finite amount of money to go around. So if he's getting a lot of money, other people aren't getting a lot of money. Unlike in other sports where successful teams, everybody wants to stick around, there's been a domino effect of Joe Flacco getting that money. People are starting to leave the Ravens. Who's left and why? Well, there's two things going on there. Actually, you know, there is that salary cap that you mentioned. And Flacco's, what money he actually counts against the cap this first season isn't monumental. It's roughly like six point something million. But the problem is that the Ravens were already so close to the salary cap that they have a player like Donnell Ellerby and Paul Kruger, these guys who coming off Super Bowl years are going to be overvalued. And there are 31 other teams saying we've got a chance to pry these players away from Baltimore because they can't compete financially. It's not just Flacco. It's that they hit a point where all the money they're spending has them so close to the cap that they've had to cut some people and they've just been able, they've had to be silent in free agency. Like Ellerby went to the Dolphins for a tremendous amount and they couldn't do anything about it and they they aren't a team that likes to overspend ozzy newsom the general manager is actually he's very smart about that and you know he's not going to sell the future to keep a couple guys around it makes a lot of sense so players that have performed well on the ravens are a lot more attractive to the teams that aren't as good as the Ravens. So you mentioned Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger has gone to the Cleveland Browns. They paid a lot of money for him, but he was one of the most effective pass rushers out there on the market. Mm -hmm. And the Cleveland pass rush, I read a stat on it, it's like the worst pass rush in the NFL over the last 15 years. 1.96. Yeah, Yeah, there isn't a pass rush. Give us your take straight off the bat. You're a Browns fan. What do you think of the Kruger signing? Not Questioning whether he's a good player, do you think they've got value there? Well, I think they addressed a major need because they're moving from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4. And a 3-4 defense has, you've got three defensive linemen and you've got four linebackers behind them. What they didn't have were players at the outside linebacker position, which is exactly what Kruger did very effectively for the Ravens. So they went out and they spent a lot of money and they knew they, knew they would have to on a player that, 
plugged a hole that would make that defense go. So if it works, if he comes in and is able to do what he did in Baltimore, I think he's it's an important signing, but I think that they overpaid for him. There's no question about it because that's a player that played across from Terrell Suggs in Baltimore. And think of the double teams and the attention that Suggs is getting. Kruger, and you see this a lot in the NFL, is the guy on the other side that was able to enjoy that situation to produce a lot of sacks and get pressure from the other side. Cleveland has nobody across from Kruger. So now he goes to a lesser team, and this is what happens with a lot of these free agents. They go to a team that's kind of desperate for help, and they take what was a role player in Baltimore and ask him to become the centerpiece in Cleveland. And I think that that's, they're asking a lot. I'm not sure that's going to be easy for Kruger. Four years from now, when we look back and we say, was he worth $40 million? I think it will, it will be hard for, me, hard for me to say yes right now. Great point Mark makes there. We can talk about this, and we're going to, over, over the, the course of this podcast, but we can only really tell how successful these deals are down the line. Mm-hmm. Not only right. how did these guys perform, but how did they perform against the cap number they are contributing to then dictate whether they provide value or not. But I think it's right. a great point. Paul Kruger before going into the playoffs last year. And, of course, he's on a, on a defense packed with all pros and star names. Nobody knew about him. Had a great run in the playoffs. And, you know, he's now one of the guys. He's gone to being the guy in a market that they want a pass rusher in there. So different things for him. And we shall see down the line. Mark, lots and lots of transactions have taken place so far. Do you want to give us just a quick rundown on what the biggest signings so far have been in the free agency periods? The ones that have really turned heads, the biggest names that have moved clubs or maybe stayed at the same club? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, there were probably fewer this year than there have been in years past. I think that the big one right out of the gate and happened about eight minutes after free agency opened was the Dolphins signing Mike Wallace. Because it came a day or two after they had locked down Brian Hartline, which I think was one of the best moves that Miami made was keeping their own talent, keeping Hartline around. He's a very reliable receiver in that system, but he's not a number one receiver. So they went out and they got Wallace. And I think that Wallace is – it's not that he's a one-trick pony, but he's not a complete wide receiver. What he does do well is when you match him with someone like Brian Hartline. And if you have a tight end in there when they went out and got Dustin Keller – Wallace is now set up to succeed because he is a speed receiver who can take the back end of defense and send them far down the field, which improves your running game. But he can also beat those defensive backs deep and give Tannehill, I think, a fantastic new core of receivers to work with. So that a lot of money went his way. A lot of people feel like it was too much money because he really, again, he's not a complete wide receiver. But I do think that that team went for it, and we're going to find out pretty soon if Wallace can live up to the hype there. That's the first one I'd say. The biggest move that changed the AFC specifically was Wes Welker going to Denver because it took away that one player in New England system that has had almost a psychic connection with Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is furious about this. They went out and signed Danny Amendola, who people have talked about as a Welker clone to some degree. 
But there's a big difference there that we all know about is that Danny Amendola is good for about five games a year because he continues to get injured. The one thing about Welker that's so underrated is that he's incredibly durable. He doesn't miss games. Even when he had a terrible knee injury a couple seasons ago, he came back months quicker. So he's a very... He's a very quick healing athlete. He plays through pain. I think that's a huge loss for New England, but conversely for Denver, they've played the free agency game correctly because when you are close to winning that Super Bowl, that's when you go out and add that big player. You add that final piece. It's not a desperate desperate team trying to make stars out of nobodies. They added a very known quantity. I think for me that was the biggest signing of the offseason. Again, we'll see how all of this pans out. If Amandola is healthy and he can produce at the level he can produce at when he's healthy and he's a younger version of Wes Welker, this is another New England Patriots masterstroke. But let's right. see. And also, if you think from Wes Welker's perspective, it's not as if he's taken more money to go and play for, I don't know, the Eagles or the Chiefs or something like this. He's, interestingly enough, he was offered more money to play with the Titans and he turned them down for the... He, tu- he turned it down because he wants to play with Peyton Manning. True. And, you know, he's going to come in and, and t- potentially take that Brandon Stokely position in the slot. It seems to be, look, if Armandola works out and is healthy, this is a win for both teams. I think the right. big one of the biggest problems is the Patriots. That's one of their biggest, now with Baltimore potentially in a rebuilding year, they're giving a gift to their largest competitor in the conference. Mm -hmm. That seems to be something that people aren't really talking about right now. Well, you're right about that. I think that what the Welker signing in Denver did was if that people looked at what happened with the Broncos last season is everything went right and they're not going to repeat that. I think that we're seeing that John Oway is very determined to – maintain that spot as the, as the best team in the AFC. They believe it's them versus the Patriots or it's them versus the Ravens. It's, you know, I, I think that they, they feel like they were stunned in the playoffs, obviously, that they're the better football team than Baltimore was. Now, Ravens fans won't agree, but what they have done is they've gone out and given Peyton Manning really a, an amazing addition to his offense. And I think you're exactly right about Welker. He didn't want to go out and cash in to fade away on a team that really can't use him the right way. There were only a couple of teams that would have worked for Welker, maybe only two, and he went to the second of them because it has to do with that quarterback play, and I think that Manning will know how to use Welker. You know, I saw his press conference the other night. He, Welker looked depressed. I think it's hard for him to even consider playing with anyone other than Tom Brady. They're also very close friends, but this is going to be a good situation for him. Mark, who do you think has the better receiving core, Atlanta or Denver? Well, I think I, I think that Atlanta, on paper, has arguably, w- with Gonzalez returning, the best in football. But for my money, it's a Manning who knows how to do more with that. I think that Ryan, Matt Ryan, had a fantastic season last year, but that team has to come out and prove it to us because it's like year after year. They're making slow steps in the playoffs. You know, again, Manning went out and lost the playoff game. That's that's your argument against him. But I, for what Manning did last season with, I think, a lesser talent base than Atlanta has from the receiver position, I think adding Welker gives them an edge in terms of going farther. But Atlanta on paper has the better receivers. 
we're talking about Denver. We've christened on our Twitter account John Elway, the Frank Underwood of free agency. We're not, that may or may not be true. We, should, we, should, we shall find out as it comes up. But he's certainly making the moves, has done the last couple of seasons. It hasn't all gone the way of Denver, or maybe it is. Huge cock-up surrounding the Elvis Dumerville situation. Can, can anybody explain what happened there, Mark? You're probably as close to anyone. What went on there? Well, that was, that was a debacle, and I think it caught everyone by surprise because when it all shakes out, it was the agent. Now, the agent's blaming the Broncos, but there was an agent attempting to fax over you know, an agreement for uh, – they had agreed upon a pay cut for Doomerville, both sides. Uh, you know, that would have brought him back next season for a one-year $8 million deal down from $12 million. The agent was faxing over the agreement. And, you know, we are not in 1991 here. I don't know why anyone's using a fax machine. I have Denver to say this, tried- Mark. Um, in, in actually, in football, they still use faxes. I they, don't know well, why. I mean, I think that there's a lot of other agents that have moved along with teams to do things in a different way. You can mm. send stuff online. You can, you know, there's the fax machine is an antiquated channel to do something this important, Instagram. and it, it stunned people. And I, you know, it, the upshot is Dumerville ended up firing him, his agent, on Saturday. He's got a new agent, and I think there's a chance he could come back to Denver, but. He sits out there as probably the fourth or best, fourth or fifth best free agent on the market still available, and he's he's got teams interested. So, in terms of free agency so far, and we can talk about why we think it's the best. But who do you think have been the best signings so far outside of Welker this season in, in free agency? I really like what the Seattle Seahawks have done. On, you oh know, yeah. They started with the trade for Harvin, which is not a free agent signing, but it was a major move. And then they parlay it with, you know, the one thing that they needed to do was improve their pass rush. And they went out and they got Cliff Avril and they got Michael Bennett from the Bucks. And I, you know, I, people, I think people know what they have in Avril to some degree. Uh, Michael Bennett to me was a really a fantastic signing and sort of a coup. I think they've completely shored up that defensive end position. And then you add Harvin to the mix, which at least can be considered an offseason move. I think that they are a team that was on the cusp of getting to the Super Bowl last season, and they've used free agency to really strengthen their team. That, for me, is the team that's like, I can't look at another team and say they've done more to really get to a position where you have to look at them as almost the NFC favorites. They've done the best and you mentioned one of the best signings in Percy Harvin we love it we're grouping in with in with free agency anyway just for simplicity because it's sure. part of the same thing who have been the worst signings so far well you know and we talked about a couple of these players I, I think the one thing that happens every season is the most active team is crowned as the most successful team and I look at Miami and I really like the Dustin Keller signing although that was for one year so, you know, he'll essentially be back on the open market a year from now. I think there's a lot of potential there for a Danell Ellerby to completely bust. He was a role player in Baltimore. He's got big issues covering the pass in my book from what, the film that I watched of him. Wallace, like we talked about, he's not a complete receiver. So we said if everything goes right, that's going to look good. But when's the last time everything went right in Miami? So I see issues there. I don't love Wallace in terms of his motivation, in terms of his desire to be the best receiver. I don't see that. 
And I feel like they've thrown a lot of money around because their general manager, Jeff Ireland, is in the last year of his deal, and he's got to win now. And that's not a good way to approach free agency. Those are the teams. You know, we did a study last week. We looked at the teams that had spent the most, basically, over the last five years, and none of those situations worked out because typically they were desperate teams looking for not a, necessarily a quick fix, but to try to build a core of a team through free agency where I think the smarter teams avoid that. They'll top off an already really good roster with some talent. So Miami scares me. I think that they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of pressure for that team to win quickly with those players, and I don't think they actually signed the type of players that really look like a championship core to me. So... If you think about it, Miami and other teams below 500 last year steamed in, blown their collective wads on risky players. Apart from the Oakland Raiders. Yep. <laughs> they're, right. still, they're still to come. They've done the opposite. Surely the smarter move here, and this is where GMs and scouts and, and backroom guys can really earn their money because now there's plenty of guys still available. Now if you wait and try to rebuild your team now in the – after the free agency period has cooled off, surely if you're smart, this is an opportunity to really build your team with deals that happen more in your team's favor. Is that the case? I think so. And, I, you know, they've talked about free agency. If now is when you let, let the hoopla and the madness unfold over the first three days, players are going to be vastly overpaid. You still have a good group of guys out there, and the smarter teams have not panicked to get a deal done. They're slow cooking. It's almost like you let Wallace go and be overpaid somewhere else. You still have like a Sebastian Vollmer, the Patriots tackle sitting out there. That is a fantastic player. And if the Patriots don't bring him back, someone else is going to get him. And he'll probably make less money than German Bushrod signed for with the Bears. Now, that is a flawed tackle who signed with Chicago but was way overpaid. And I'm not sure what Chicago did there. That's another really suspect thing. So you're right in the sense that now the smarter teams, you're going to start to see over the next week, they'll layer their roster with talent that doesn't break the bank. Who's still out there, Mark? Who do you think represents real? You've mentioned Sebastian Vollmer. Who's still out there do we think is going to be picked up and still get decent money over the next few days? Who's the next kind of big marquee signing that's next to come out? Well, along with Doomerville, and I think what I like about Doomerville for a team is that I think he is going to be purchased for a relatively decent amount of money. It won't be something that is going to be a complete problem for a team to pick him up. Someone like Brent Grimes, the cornerback from the Falcons, he's coming off an Achilles injury. And so it's hard for people to value him in terms of he's not going to go out and be able to ask for a lot of money, but he and he's also turning 30. So... It's not going to be expensive to add a player like that, but when he, if healthy, he's a fantastic cornerback. And actually, look at a team like Cleveland. They actually had Grimes in this week. They have Hayden on one side, Joe Hayden. If you can put someone like Grimes across from him, that's really changing the makeup of your defense. And there's a couple teams out there that could add him, and it could be a real nice surprise. I think the Falcons also want him back. Another guy along those channels, same position, you know, Antoine Winfield, he's older, but he's a fantastic, very physical cornerback, and he's still sitting out there. I think that a team could pick him up. As a team like the Niners could do something with him where it's like bring him in, a good veteran locker room. That's a good addition. Ed Reed's out there. 
I love Fred Davis, the tight end from the Redskins. He also had a, a major knee injury last year. And if a team is willing, if they're keep, you know, if they're all right with his health situation, if that checks out, he was an insane tight end. I mean, he's a very versatile pass catcher. So that's another guy who can be had at value. And I think that's what teams are zoning in on now is like some of these guys that other teams are scared of, we – we're going to take a chance on him, and the upside is huge. And the, and the risk may not be as big money-wise. Who do you think of the free agencies that are out there with Mark with profile, a lot of miles on the clock, especially on the defensive side, and I'll include Namandi Asamar in there, Brian Urlacher, James Harrison, we mentioned Ed Reed, mm-hmm. and there's a few other veterans out there that are maybe we've seen the end of them. Who do you think still got something left in the tank? Who do you think the New England have made what looks like a smart move to pick up Adrian Wilson? They swooped him up, and he looks like a Rodney Harrison type player that kind of comes in and brings them toughness. Who do you, who would you, if it was your money, who would you take a flyer on on that veteran end to say, look, this guy's got a season or two in the right system. I think I can get this guy for the right money and be productive with him. Sure. I mean, I think I think a big one for me is Ed Reed because I just I, I think that that his ability to create havoc and turnovers has never diminished. I mean, he is not a great tackler, but a team like the Texans that just lost a safety, that's that if they can if they can actually pull off that signing they're going to try to this week, he can fit in on an already good defense and do something really special. Like he's still a very good leader and he's incredibly respected because he's still productive. So I like that. I think someone like Umanyoras he he's he getting on the wrong side of 30 there, but he is determined to come out and prove the Giants wrong. I think Dwight Freeney is a good pickup. I think some of these guys that have been part of winning systems, that understand how to work hard, and they don't need to be coached up the same way. That you, you know that they're going to be determined to come in and work hard. Freeney, I think, would be a really good signing for the right team. And I think Wilson in, in Belichick's system is, you know, they, they gave him three years, I believe, and it's because Belichick loves those type of players veterans, very smart, and he'll fit in well in New England. I mean, that secondary has been an issue forever, but a lot of these later signings, these veterans are going to be picked up by, I think, winning teams that are getting close because that's the kind of player you want to add. Absolutely. And free agency goes on for how much longer, Mark? How much more of this excitement can we handle? Well, free agency, I mean, now that the league year has begun, free agents can sign with teams all the way up through the summer. So it's not like it closes down at some point. But really, in a sense, what you're going to see is it not become news anymore because you're going to have players, the market's going to thin. We've already lost, you know, roughly half the big market of names out there. And so it's, you know, looking for teams going to want to bring in players for a tryout. And then when we move into off-season work, if there's injuries, they're going to want to plug holes with some of the other guys still out there. So we're really you know, at the point now where transactions can be made all the way up through the end of next season. What team, Mark, do you think has improved the most during this process over the past week compared to where they were, compared to where they are now? I'll throw one name, and I know this is all we need to reflect at the end of next season. I get this, but we're going to have an opinion now. We just are. I'm going to throw a name out there, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I think they've done a lot in terms of they've got Andy Reid in there, and he obviously wanted to reshape that roster to more closely resemble the kind of team he'd want to take into a 16-game season. 
I, I think it comes down to quarterback play for them. If Alex Smith, uh, we're going to find out real quick if his improvement in San Francisco had to do with his actual development, and I believe that's a real possibility. I think he's a smart quarterback. Or if it had to do with Jim Harbaugh's ability to just really get the most out of his quarterbacks. Andy Reid's shown that he can do that as well, not as consistently, but he's done some fine work in the past. And if Smith is a guy that can come in and play better than they've had at that position, it'd be hard not to. Yeah, they've got already talent in place, and I think they've added some they've added some players around him that uh, that team is not going to be the same team it was last season. So in terms of improvement, it's like they'll go from winning two games, they could win, say, you know, six, seven next season. That's a team heading in the right direction. I wouldn't say that they're the team that's going to come out of this viewed as the most improved because I think what people are going to look for is, for me, again, like it's a team like the Seahawks that said, we're this close, but we need to improve, and it's not going to come through the draft necessarily. We're going to use free agency the right way. I love how they address need, but they didn't necessarily overspend for it. And then I look at the Broncos again. It's like they added that piece that just almost from a mental edge just said, we are going after this. We're going after it. We've got the quarterback. They signed Welker for the same amount of time that they have Manning. They said the window we know is, you know, the window's closing after these two seasons potentially, but we are not going to back down at all. And I love Elway's aggressiveness. I think that he's transformed that team, so I trust the moves he makes. I also, one last one, I think Tampa Bay, um, I, I really think that Deshaun Goldson was a good, a good pickup in the safety position because that was the worst pass defense last year. And they've gone out and they've addressed that, and I think they're going to continue to pound away at bringing in cornerbacks and safeties. And I think that team is a sleeper in the NFC. Um, Mark, I was wondering what you thought of the moves that the Minnesota Vikings did this offseason as well. Well, you know, it, it's tough because they have ponder, and I think that's the first issue because no one takes them seriously as a pass offense. They went out and, you know, they ran into this situation with Harvin, and I remember we talked to, a couple of us talked to Frazier at the Combine, and you just had a sense that, you know, this is not going to work out. Harvin's not going to be here on this team, and they've got no replacement. So going out and getting, you know, a Freeman is not not a bad situation for them. I think it was a good pickup. It's an older receiver. But, you know, I, it's hard for me to look at the Vikings and say they've improved because they, they're just a, such a one-dimensional team on the offensive side of the ball. And you're asking a lot for Adrian Peterson to go out and do, again, what he did this year. Look, you are, and despite what Mark says, the Vikings are still coming to London, and they're going to be exciting because they have Adrian Peterson playing for them. But, yes, it is a disappointing sporting cast. Greg Jennings, love him as a player, but has played with, had the fortunate position of playing with amazing quarterbacks. Christian Ponder, Matt Castle signed mm-hmm. on the squad, another collective groan amongst Vikings fans. I will say this, though. Ponder is good at sort of the short passing game and Greg Jennings is a receiver that thrives on those sort of throws so maybe that could be beneficial as opposed to Percy Harvin who's <clears throat> good with the, a deep threat so to speak I don't know but it seems I like I think you're, you're right one thing about the Vikings too is that Ponder's play actually early on last season was not as big of a problem as people made it out to be by the end you know he was he was showing a lot of improvement and I think that the team if anything they said look at this is our guy 
we are not giving up on them. That says a lot. They're with them in practice every day. So it's it's a team that does have a good offensive line, I think, as well, and they've got some core pieces in place on you know both sides of the ball. It's they 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 show, proved everyone wrong last year. I mean, no one thought people thought that team would win two or three games. They went out and they really really were a tough football team. So you're right. I think Jennings is uh, you're also taking from the Packers. That's a big move in that right. sense. And I like it from that angle. So I don't want to rule them out. I just think that it's hard for me to say they've really improved. Or I think the biggest thing is losing Harvin is taking a major facet of your offense away. And they're going to have to find a way to make up for that. Mark, you're providing a really excellent breakdown of what has been an incredible four days of action, mm-hmm. um, despite having no sleep. And it's we really, really thank you for doing that, Mark. What's the best way that fans listening to this podcast can connect with you moving forward, read and interact with some of the output that you're consistently putting out there? Well, I think the main, you know, we, we do so much work on NFL.com. It's it's me with, along with a couple of other uh, writers, and we're, we're always on and we're always uh, posting new stuff, and that's basically the Around the League blog at NFL.com. And I think you just, if you go to the site, it'd be hard to miss kind of some of our work there. I'm on Twitter at Mark Sessler. That's M-A-R-C-S-E-S-S-L-E-R-N-F-L is the Twitter handle, and you can hit me up there. And uh, I actually did a little bit of work for the uh, UK site last year and did a, like a, a mailbag every every couple of weeks, and so I got to know some of the uh, the fans over in the UK, and I just I think that they're so passionate. Uh, I can see the same the same love of the game that you see of anyone over here. So it's it's cool to see that grow. I'm glad you guys are getting two games next season over in in uh, England. Will you be coming over? I was going to say you seem overqualified to come on that trip, Mark. Hopefully, we'll see you. Well, we'll see. At this point, I don't think I'm in the plans for that one. But, uh, you know, listen, I'll try to I'll see if I can talk to them, talk them into that. That would be fun. This, this podcast could change all that for you. Yeah. Um, I could change it. This could be the hinge. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Mark, we want to thank you for your time. Go get some sleep. We look forward to reading your work moving forward on NFL.com. Um, look forward to the next exciting installment of what's happening on the, in the NFL. Thank you ever so much for your time. All right. Thank you. See you guys. So, you are now free agency experts, all of you, thanks to the science that's been dropped by the man like the Mark Sessler, so thank you very much for him. Mm-hmm. But as we say, free agency is judged at the end of the season, but, you know, still plenty to talk about. We've got the, the draft. winners com- are in January and February, remember that. There you go, frame that, put that one above your bed. Mm-hmm. A few things coming up, we've got the NFL draft coming up yes. in April. We like to hype things up as much as we can, but Mante Teo apart. Picking teams, hats, New York, Jets fans booing. Is that enough hype for the draft? That's more than enough. All right. Four days. 17 offensive linemen taking it in the first round. <laughs> we'll Bad suits. We'll be coming to that. We'll be coming to that. We've also got the UK season kicking off in April as well. We'll be back with some pods about that, um, talking about what should be another brilliant season of Britball. The London Blitz defending their title. Um, lots of teams in preseason mode at the moment, uh, which is prepared. which is really cool. Working Talk, off that Christmas weight. Talking of preseason, and unfortunately, this won't be the boat party part two. That'll be sure? coming. Oh, maybe. Uh, every day I'm praying. I'm just That praying. might be later at Mahiki at Bungalow 8 or whatever. Sorry, sorry. No, it sorry. won't be. But. Should we get an underplayers ball? Your or co your with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Minnesota Vikings are coming to London mm-hmm. next week. Yes. Go on NFLUK.com if you haven't already. I think uh, tickets are still available. They're free tickets, and they're playing across the nation. Um, all sorts of weird and wonderful places. They're playing in Herdingworth. Yeah, they're playing. They're also in Dublin. As well. Dublin, all the places. Dublin but, and Dublin. But <laughs> but they are coming to Wembley on the 28th of March. Carl Rudolph, Matt Khalil, Harrison Smith, and another guy from Percy the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it was, yeah, was Percy Harvey. Yeah. Uh, are, are coming to Wembley for another. Hugely successful NFL fan evening. India and myself will be there, so come and say what's up to us. Mm-hmm. Love meeting all you pod listeners and NFL UK fans. It's a great opportunity to do that. Um, so they're going to be coming to Wembley Stadium. I guess maybe a function room of within it. Chatting to fans, um, letting people know a little bit more about the Minnesota Vikings. Should be great. Yeah. Love the last fan evening we went to. What was it, fan morning really with uh, Daryl Johnson? Brunch, I think. Let's. It was, a, it was a very snazzy place. Let's let's put the word brunch in there. Yeah, it would. Neil Reynolds, Jeff Reinbold, bunch of the Vikings are over. So please, NFLUK.com, If you haven't applied for tickets, do that. It should be a lot of fun next week, and it's to celebrate the launch of the Hard Knocks UK Vikings Jags season, which mm-hmm. I guess. Starts now with free agency. The Vikings have obviously done some stuff, and that's quite an interesting show to watch. Jaguars, I don't think they've done anything, have they? No, they had a new coach. He was interviewed. We yep. tweeted, we live-tweeted about that. Yep. That was it. Okay. But I'm sure they've got plenty of hilarious things lined mm. up for the Hard Knocks. Yes. What's this show? We can't keep calling it the Hard Knocks equivalent. Hard Knocks c- light? Got to call it something. Diet Hard Knocks? It might be better. We don't. We don't know. We don't know. Look, let's put this. I think that what we are going to do, we're definitely going to watch the show. We're definitely going to see what it's like. And it's just kind of unfortunate that they are going up against, like they are following in the footsteps of Hard Knocks, because that to me is probably one of the best shows on TV. Period. Yeah. But I think it's essential. I think it's needed. I think that you know you're going to have some little kids that are going to be watching Sky Sports for. I think it's on Sky Sports 4. I, I, I saw that on a tweet. They're going to be seeing that, and then they're going to watch it, and maybe they'll gain interest from it, because thankfully the title race. So, James, since there isn't any NFL on, what have you been up to? A myriad of things. Um, I've been mostly getting my... I've been getting my Frank Underwood on. Yeah. As I referenced earlier... John Elway is the Frank Underwood of the NFL GMs. Yes. You haven't watched House of Cards, do it so you can get my joke, if nothing else. <laughs> you should. It's a really, really good show. Inye put me on to that. Uh, well, Netflix and all their advertising put me on to it. Yeah, that, that, that he helped. helped as well. He helped put me on to it. I think it's great. I think it's tons of fun. I think it fills perfectly the Mad Men, Game of Thrones... Breaking Bad impasse. Yes, we are currently on. Yes, it is. It is a TV show of that level and of that prestige, and it's and it's great to see. I'm not necessarily the biggest Kevin Spacey fan, you know, whatever. But still, really good. Really hey, I was never show. the biggest Elway fan until he won <laughs> two Super Bowls. Well, there you go. Well, what about that guy that we saw at the fan brunch in his medium Elway jersey? I wonder <laughs> what he thinks of the show. Well, he could be getting his underwood on right now. Yeah. 
Lots of great music out right now. London's going to be huge next summer. Yes. Justin Timberlake's coming over with mm-hmm. Jay-Z and A Tribe Called Quest. That's Eight, huge. £80 tickets. It's amazing. It's amazing. You well, could go to both Wembley games for that. Yeah. Can I also add just a little point as well? Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake on tour together. Very big. Very good. Very pleased about it, right? I feel you that... Said, you sound it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Not in my voice. But I feel that they missed the trick because they've got one day where you can go see Rita Aurora. There's another day when you can go see Rizzle Kicks. And there's another day where you can go see someone else that isn't very good. And so it's like picking your poison between them all. What's your point? It sounds like perfect festival programming to me. Really? It's kind of one day yeah. where they have Jay-Z, Tribal Quest, Nas, ASAP <laughs> Rocky, Frank Ocean. And then the other day is Rita Aurora, Rizzle Kicks. Why not? Some bloke. Because they want to go to the other day. The last time I went, I remember this. The last time I went to Wireless, it was the day that it was Q-Tip. Okay. No, this was the week. Okay, sorry. This is the weekend that Michael Jackson died. Young okay. Jeezy at twelve thirty p.m. or a.m. p.m. Hilariously early. Right. Very funny. None of the songs hitting anyone. No one liking it. And he didn't even bother doing My President is Black. And it was 2008 and that's when that song came out. Right. I really wanted to hear that. N-Dubs. Ooh. Oh wait, no. Before N-Dubs. Opening up for N-Dubs. Q-Tip. <laughs> <laughs> who flopped on the night. Was really angry. Threw the mic down on the stage. Was dressed actually in a Michael Jackson thriller jacket. Which I don't even know where he got from. Because I think Michael Jackson died maybe a day or two before. Maybe he had it in his suitcase or something gum tree maybe gum tree maybe (laughs) that's probably what it was n-dubs and then kanye west a very odd selection of people sounds like a great festival see i'm I'm probably anti-festival that's really what it is don't listen to him people the summer is going to be amazing Mm -hmm. for sure glastonbury are you going oh i hope so prince i hope so did you see the south by southwest footage of prince i didn't see it Looking very subdued, but, you know, he still has it. still has it. Yeah. Still got that fastball. Also, if you're going to be tweeting at us for any baseball coverage, no, we are not going to do any baseball coverage. Let's clear up what we are, and we should get out of here, but let's clear up what we are going to do and what we aren't going to do. Yeah. I'm sure people really care about this. (laughs) They want to know, James. NBA we are going to do. Yes. Especially around playoff time. Mm -hmm. March Madness we are going to do, but... Very badly, because we don't know anything about it, but we are going to do it. Shout out to the NFL in London crew, who are putting on some stuff at the Sports Bar and Grill in Marylebone. Shout out to Wade's uh, this week, Tuesday and Thursday, there's pints and stuff and brackets and bits and bobs if you want to um, if you want to go and um, check that out. The 1am sports guys are doing brackets. Uh, shout out to Junaid Hussain, he's sent us some brackets we've gone into and stuff. And if anyone else wants to send us brackets, that's fine. So we'll be doing a little bit of that. Yes. MLS, little bit of that. I admit, I can't help it, but I love watching a bit of MLS. Okay. Because it's almost like wrestling. I don't know if you know, if you're keeping up to date with wrestling right now. I'm not keeping up okay. to date. I was going to say, wrestling, we're not doing that. We're not doing wrestling. We're not doing wrestling, and I don't really watch it. But I will say this. Right now, you've got the WWE, formerly the WWF, where all the young stars are, right? Then you've got this other company called TNA, which has all the old stars. So Sting, Hulk Hogan... 
Uh, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, yeah, all the all the wrestlers that Rick you Flair. remember, yeah, Ric Flair, all the wrestlers you remember, they're there. That's kind of like the MLS in the sense that you're looking at Oberfemi Martins, Mikel Silvestre, Thierry Henry, Keno, <laughs> Robbie Keane, of course, who's done a little like modification of his little stupid pirouette dance, but still useless. I can't remember who else right now. It's called Oh Janino, formerly of Olympic Lyonnais. Yeah, great. But also Arlo White commentating, doing a fantastic. That I do job. like. That he is absolutely amazing. So we're not going to be doing much MLS. No. Premier League, no, no, no. no. no we don't care about that. We're moving on from that. That's too depressing. Baseball, no, no. World ba- World Baseball Series Championships. Yeah, forget it. No. Ice hockey, no, even though it was a short season. Cricket? Of course. Yeah, in-depth cricket coverage from, of course. from James and myself. Of course, but not too much on the pod. So, look, lots and lots of stuff going out there to talk about and interspersed with drafts and the UK season and, and all sorts of fun TV and, and Game of Thrones coming back and, 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 you know, lots of concerts and stuff like that. So uh, check us out on the next podcast, people. Take care.